Did you hear that? I did hear that. What the hell? That's interesting. That's kind of cool, actually. If the, it's automated. If New York is like a two-party consent state, then I guess you have to do that. I guess so. Anyway. Adam, I hope I hope that, that I have your consent to record. Well, I click continue, so yeah. Really, you have the option to stop the recording. Fucking hell. Yep. Wow. Okay. Well, I think it would be Big Brother is watching. It'd be pretty useless if it was just like you're being recorded and there's nothing you can do about it. Fair. Yeah, it's just like saying I'm gonna hit I'm gonna hit you with my car and then not stopping. That's what they call hit and run. Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Caster. Here as always with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, do you consent to being recorded? Adam, I do, in fact, consent to being recorded. I do consent to everything that is about to, to go down on this podcast within the next 60-some-odd minutes or so. It's a hell of a time, hell of a time. I'm still recovering from the events of this weekend. I went back to my college days very much so and was out till quarter to four Saturday night. So I'm still, I'm still like kind of recovering from that kind of sort of, I'm I'm realizing my age a little bit like shit. I'm not 21 anymore. (laughs) So it's just kind of like, so, okay. I'll give you, give you a little backstory on this, which is, what I found just harrowing, quite frankly. So I, I was harrowing. Yes, that's what I think. That's what I said. Harrowing, you... har. If I said harrowing, I meant it's a it's a hard, it's a soft A. Harrowing, harrowing, however you want to say it. But okay. yes, I knew. I, I just said it differently than than other people would say. So basically, I was I was DD for this event, but was able to was able to kick it back. Was able to kick it back a little bit, but. Because of how late this event went, you know, I, I sobered up pretty quick. Probably stopped at like 1230 and then had like three hours to sober up and I was, was totally good. I mean, the only thing, the only thing we did was play, played a little, uh, little flippy cuppy. Great game. Great, great game. game. Great, great American game. And then we played. So I, I feel like this is like the Basement Talk podcast. This isn't the Basement Talk podcast fantasy show because Basement Talk podcast is my culture centered. centered. This is just fantasy football but here we are so we played we played this game and i was obviously not taking part but i was able to get my my free rolls in it's called sevens elevens doubles and maybe some people have heard of it maybe not but basically you have two die and you roll the die and if your numbers that you that already get, sounds too complicated for a drinking game no 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 it, it really isn't really isn't if you <laughs> if the numbers that you roll add to seven, 11, or you roll doubles. So double one, double two, double three, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You pour, you yourself, you're, you're rolling, you pour a drink 
and somebody else has to drink it. But when they start to drink, you start to roll again. And if you roll anything that adds to seven or 11, they have to start drinking again, but they get to pour for themselves. If you roll a double, so say you roll a one, a two, a three, et cetera, you get to pour another drink for them. And basically, you just get fucked up playing this game. Absolutely fucking annihilated. My statement still stands. That sounds that still sounds too complicated for a drinking game. If they if a drinking game involves you doing just any math, it's too complicated. Well, that's why you you play with people that can oversee this sort of behavior. They they can make they can do the addition for you. But granted, if if, if you're intoxicated and you can't do five plus two is seven, or four plus three is seven, or six and five is eleven, or or you know whatever, then then you need to go back to the second grade. Quite frankly, regardless of my thoughts on the math, I think it's still a fun sounding drinking game. It was very fun. It was very, very, very fun. And um, in two weeks' time, well, no, not even two weeks' time, three weeks' time, three weeks' time, I will be, uh, I will be playing this game once again. We are celebrating uh, my my birthday. Quarter life crisis. My quarter life crisis. Yeah, I'm fucking old, Adam. Have you ever heard the joke that I don't know how how know how old I'm going to be when I die? So I'm so I've. Uh, I'm going to be having an ongoing crisis. Yep. I don't know when the middle of my life is, so I'm going to have an ongoing crisis. Yep. That that actually explains my life perfectly. I don't know when I'm going to go, so I'm going to have an ongoing crisis. This could be my midlife. You never know. God, that would be that would be just horrifying. I this could be my midlife crisis. But anywho, anywho, I did mention to you, Adam, that there is a big day, big day coming up. Well, I did the I on my weekend. I did the literal opposite of you. I stayed up until four. I got home at four in the morning, but I was at work. Well, you were getting paid. You, you, yes. you were you, mogul of industry over here. You, I got to keeping get, things going. I'm very proud of you. I got to get paid to watch playoff basketball. Oh, boohoo! And boo-hoo. watch Mike Malone, Queen's own Mike Malone, uh, talk about how terrible his defense was. Fair, fair, but. May 29th. Okay. May 29th. So, little backstory. I texted Adam over the weekend and I said, I have some breaking news on Monday. And he wanted a hint. So I said to him, May 29th. Some fucking hint. It was a great hint. It was a great hint. Cue the music, please. Mercury is in retrograde. May 29th. Now do you now do you see my hint? Yes. It affects all of us. If you're it mad. Is, it's not bad. Mercury going into retrograde no, if is you're, fantastic. If you're mad, I said. Oh, oh yes. If you are negatively affected by Mercury going into retrograde, this would be a terrible time for you. But I'm using the British version of mad. If you're crazy, then yes. Oh, it I, you. I, I see. You're, 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 you're cultured. Yeah. You are showing your culture. I see. Well, Mercury going into retrograde is a fantastic time for all parties involved. I cannot wait until my 
my wonderful Mercury is in retrograde. I, I did not actually get to see when Mercury is out of retrograde. So I'm going to take a look at that right now. Um, Mercury. While you're here, I'm, I'm going to say that I should, tr- I really should trust my instincts more often. Cause I said before we went on air that the more you tried it, the, the more that you told me that this is huge news that affects us all, the less I believed it was actually huge news. It affects us all. It, it affects does. us all. Some people get pissy when Mercury is in retrograde. So we need to be aware of those disgusting people. Listen, people that blame the solar system for their emotions are people that need to look at themselves in the mirror and are incapable of blaming themselves. When I look at the complete opposite. I see Mercury in retrograde. I'm going to be in a great, I'm going to be in a fantastic mood, quite frankly. And Mercury is out of retrograde at 4 a.m. on June 22nd, which means, which means, Mercury will be retrograde on your birthday. My birthday will be the last full day that Mercury is in retrograde. So, Adam, that requires me to party twice as hard for the fact that it is my third life, third of a life crisis, and Mercury is coming out of retrograde. So we just need to party. We need to drink twice as much. That. That is what this says to me. Okay. Well, I just just for just for the listeners, sure. the, the guesses that I made, I guessed just before going on, I guessed that Matt was moving out. I guessed that you were moving out. I jokingly guessed that your parents are getting remarried. Oh my fucking god, no. And no. that'd be terrible. Yeah. So I didn't uh, I thought it was going to be something that was more tangible i'll say this is absolutely tangible this has a huge impact on my life because now my favorite planet mercury is gonna be in retrograde for my birthday it's pseudoscience the the gods knew mercury knew mercury said let's go into retrograde so that way bird will be able to celebrate his birthday twice as hard because he'll be celebrating his own birthday his own day of birth and He'll be celebrating Mercury being in retrograde. It'll be perfect. Do, do you not see the science here, Adam? Do, do you not see the science? No, I don't because there's no science to see. There is absolute science to see. I think you are just a hater, personally. I think you are just a hater. I think Galileo is probably the ghost of Galileo is in your room right now getting ready to stab you with the Hubble telescope. I wouldn't be surprised. If we're what in the a weird of this fucking sentence that you just said. I would be surprised if we're in the middle of recording this podcast and the International Space Station goes up in flames and crashes over you right now. Just you. Nobody else. Just, just you. me. That's just me. you. Yes. Okay. Because of the ghosts of Galileo and Mercury. Okay, then. It is it, it it is a fantastic day, fantastic day. Anyway, so let's talk about what we're going to talk about: running backs, Mercury being in retrograde, Mercury Mercury being in retrograde. I could talk about that all day. I mean, is it causing? Is Mercury going to be in retrograde? Is that causing the Jaguars to be fucking stupid? 
well, we're not in retrograde yet. So maybe when they go, when we, we get into retrograde, maybe the Jaguars will actually be smart. I mean, I cannot wait until we get to tight ends. Where is Tim Tebow ranked? Not on ranked. fantasy pros. He's not ranked. That's unfortunate. But he he's making the Jaguars a ton of money. He's well, got, he's got the top five jersey sales across the board. Why do you think the Wilpons wanted him for so many years? There you go. It was not because of his baseball skills. No. It's because it's because he's a name. He's a Heisman Trophy winner, two-time well, national champion. To be fair, Tim Tebow is better at football than he is at baseball. Granted, yes. granted, I've never seen Tim Tebow as a tight end, so that's going to be a whole another harrowing, harrowing experience. Because apparently, I can't say, I can't say harrowing the way that I like. So I just, I had to really pronounce the a harrowing, okay. harrowing experience. Well, it is a harrowing experience, but I. It's just a very strange situation. Anything involving Tim Tebow is a very strange situation, it seems like. I mean, he's good at football. I feel like Tim Tebow was kind of like, he could have, what? I have some breaking news on the podcast. Yes. I have some breaking news. So, uh, if, if Abby is very excited about his breaking news. So, um, there was a group of Packers that reported for OTAs Monday at Lambeau. Let me guess. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is not one of them. He was not one of them. He was not one of them. Not a surprise. Not a surprise. But still, take that, yep. take that for what you will. I'm sorry, Adam. Please continue. I feel like Tim Tebow could have could have succeeded in the NFL if he just had somebody. I don't know how much work that they had on his throwing mechanics because, I mean, obviously not as drastic, but Lamar Jackson didn't have like the best throwing mechanics either when he when he got into the NFL. Still doesn't. And he's been working on that for the past two years. I mean, I don't know. I think I feel like. A lot of coaches kind of just like try to pigeonhole Tim Tebow into something, into like a, an H-back. They didn't want to let him fulfill his potential as a quarterback. Um, look, I agree and I disagree with that at the same time. I think that we all saw the flaws that Tim Tebow had as a thrower. While at the same time, I mean, look, Adam, you, you can't, you can't just say that we haven't known what Tim Tebow is. We know that the guy had struggled to make throws. We know his mechanics were just really, really off. The dude, the dude won games. I mean, there's no, there's no doubt about that, but it's a classic example really of just name value coming into it, to a team, making the owners money and, and, and all that. But, but he's now playing under urban Meyer. We know the whole Tim Tebow-Urban Meyer relationship from their time in Florida. And I, I think that this time around, I just think, you know, this is more of your at least the first step is bringing him in, bringing him into camp, seeing what shape he's in, seeing how well he masters the playbook, everything like that, and then going from there. Well, I think that 
if anybody's going to make Tim Tebow play to his quote-unquote fullest potential, it's probably Urban Meyer just because of past history. It's proven that Urban Meyer can get the best out of Tim Tebow. But I feel like kind of like what happened with, with the Jets, I feel like this might just bring an unnecessary distraction. I mean, sure, Shad Khan needs the money. Fulham just got relegated from the Premier League. Um, sure. But um, I feel like this is my cynical brain talking, but let's say Trevor Lawrence has some rookie growing pains, throws four interceptions in a game. Do you think Jags fans aren't going to just even jokingly say, bring in T cheer to bring in Tebow to start? Do you think Urban Meyer wouldn't even consider it? You I think of it like almost like Jimmy Johnson when he brought in Danny Werfel to compete with Troy Aikman. But I mean, Danny Werfel is more proven, was more proven as a quarterback. But I mean, a coach coming from college wants the comfortability of his own guy that knows the playbook. And yeah. maybe Trevor Lawrence, is, I mean, maybe Trevor Lawrence can learn something from Tim Tebow, at least concepts that like Tim Tebow could be there to answer any questions that he might have. But potentially, yeah, I, I don't know. It just seems like a from a from a football perspective, it just seems like a head scratcher. Yeah, yeah. Well, we will uh, we will see. I mean, he's got to make the team first. I mean, there's yeah. no guarantee with the deal that he got. That's I think something else needs to be. Uh, talked about is there is zero guarantee that Tim Tebow makes the team. If he does, then we go from there. But if he doesn't, then, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Man, we, we were supposed to talk about running backs, but I just got into this whole discussion about one very particular tight end. But um, the running backs, it, like we've been saying, it's just a very interesting kind of crop here it's going to be a lot i think we're going to have a lot more options to do a would you rather with running backs than what we did with with quarterbacks yeah and we're gonna have a lot more to uh to be able to look at in terms of a broader scope because there are god you can look at any range of running back that you want to oh yeah i mean i could probably mm, i could conceivably go go down to 70 if I really wanted to with running wow. backs. I won't, but I could. Well, you don't have to do me the honor. How about that? Yeah. Anyway, you know what? Let's stick with Jacksonville because it's, it's just fun. Because, you know, on – this is, I just want to make sure this is PPR. It's actually kind of interesting. The running backs that are 25 and 27 in PPR on Fantasy Pros are Travis Etienne and James Robinson. Oh, fuck. So, Mr. Birdsall, mm. who would you rather have? Um, I have Travis Etienne at 28. I have James Robinson at 29. So, I would rather have ETN. Granted, these rankings are 
PPR. So, I mean, it's, it's like splitting hairs, quite frankly. I don't want either of them. But I think if there's one guy that I think will be used more creative ways, will probably be more of the heavier pass-catching guy out of the backfield for Jacksonville. And then maybe they'd line him up in the slot or out wide, like what Urban Meyer has said they've been trying with Urban Meyer, with Urban Meyer, with Travis Etienne. Then maybe you do get more of that PPR floor with ETN than whatever he can do on the ground is just kind of an added bonus. But um, for me, I would rather have uh, Travis Etienne over James Robinson, but that's close. That, that, that is really close. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I think that Urban Meyer, either he's the master of deflection and, and the smoke screens, or he's actually like some sort of savant alter genius. Because he's just like, oh, yeah, we're going to split ETN out wide. He's going to be our wide receiver. We're thinking about putting him at wide receiver. And, I mean, whew, that would be pretty interesting. Yep. Would be. But, I mean, I guess I would rather have ETN just in PPR because I feel like Urban Meyer, even though he said, oh, we'll see him as our third down back, it's it's kind of conflicting what he's been saying about about. ETN and James Robinson and their usage. But it just seems like you're spending a first round pick on ETN and um, you have the comfortability with ETN and Trevor Lawrence. So I think that ETN is probably going to get more usage than James Robinson. I mean, rightly or wrongly, I think that's just how it's going to be. So I think ETN is probably the guy you'd rather have, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't take a chance on either of them. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So this next one is very interesting. These are two rookies from last year going into their sophomore season. Uh, two rookies who are having veteran running backs who were there that maybe ate up their carries. They left in the off season. And they played on two teams that we expect to be one and two in the AFC. Maybe, probably. Although, actually, actually, maybe oh. not. Maybe not one oh. and two. Maybe not one and two. But one team is going to be the one seed. The other team is probably going to challenge for their division. I see. I see. I see. I see. It is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and J.K. Dobbins. Those guys. Yes, they're ranked sixteen and eighteen in fantasy pros. Clyde is ranked sixteen. Dobbins is ranked 18. Who would you rather have? I have Dobbins 15 and Clyde Edwards-Alaire 17. So I'd rather have J.K. Dobbins. I would also rather have J.K. Dobbins. I think Dobbins is in the better rushing offense. I think that there is more of an emphasis to run the ball in Baltimore versus what there is in Kansas City. I will say this with, with Clyde. And I think people, especially those that were silly enough and didn't listen to this podcast last year when we said do not take Clyde Edwards-Alaire in round one. Just people that did. Well, there are a lot of other people that I know of, a lot of other people that I know of that you know wanted to take Clyde round one, took Clyde round one, and were burned by him. Those people won't be in a Clyde Edwards-Alaire again. But I would say, you know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire can be particularly interesting, especially in year two. 
depending on how late you get him. If you, the later that you are able to get him, the better. That's well, what I would, that's how what I would say to going? you. Well, let me look. Let me look him up on um, on our good old friend Fantasy Football Calculator, and I will I will tell you exactly where he is going. So Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going currently PPR ADP. He is going at the three eight. That's not bad. Not terrible. He's going in the same. There he's going in the same spot as J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins is going three eight as well. He's going above Miles Sanders, above Montgomery, above Chris Carson above Kareem Hunt, above Julio Jones, above Amari Cooper, above Allen Robinson, below Michael Thomas, below Justin Jefferson. That's an interesting spot. I think that, I don't know. I I think he's kind of like, it depends on how you want to look at it. He's kind of the, last of the know what you're going to get running backs or he's the first of the you don't know what you're going to get running backs well i was going to say it depends on how you look at it do you know what you're going to get with Clyde edwards Hilaire? it some people think they do some people think they don't it really just depends on how you feel about him in general and there is some massive breaking news huge news so Julio Jones went on Undisputed this morning and was asked about his future in Atlanta. Here's what he said. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm out of there. Unbelievable. That's all I need to hear. Julio is out in the ATL. Now, before before we just continue on this, this discussion with Clyde and Dobbins, I, we need to talk about this Julio news now. I mean, how long has it been since we had breaking news on the podcast that's actually yeah, consequential? Very long. Very actually, long time. it really hasn't been. It's been a couple of weeks. But what does this do now to – we'll put Julio aside for now. What does this do with Ridley? Uh, Ridley shoots up a lot of people's draft boards. He should. I would think so. Right now, fantasy pros, obviously, breaking news, not, not, not implied or not applied here. Uh, Calvin Ridley is at six. He's wide receiver six in PPR. He'll be a top five guy. Oh, yeah. He's leaped. So, AJ Brown is five. DeAndre Hopkins is four. I wouldn't be shocked if he leapfrogs both of them. And then Diggs is three. Hill is two. And Adams, Adams is one. one. Okay. Although, if Aaron Rodgers gets traded, then maybe it would be Hill, Diggs, Hopkins, Ridley Brown. And you could probably put Michael Thomas in there as well. I mean, look, I mean, now you have, if Ridley is going to be the only guy, this is going to really positively affect Ridley. And he's going to be basically the go-to guy in that offense. But I also look at it and I say, this could be really, really good for Kyle Pitts. Because and now Hayden you Nurse, have. Also. Yeah. And, and, and Hayden Nurse and, and Mike Davis. Because you're going to be have to, you're going to have to be able to spread that ball around a little bit. 
I mean, obviously, this is just breaking news. So, and you know, Russell we're, uh, I mean, think about think about how much Russell Gage will benefit from this, too. Yeah. I mean, if you're telling Russell Gage could be the number two, then happy days. So Julio Jones last year, obviously in very limited games, had 68 targets. So you're going to have to be able now to spread out those 68 targets to the other the other pass catchers in this offense. Calvin Ridley last year had 143 targets. So say Calvin Ridley gets 20 more targets, give him 163 targets, he'll get over 100 receptions. That will be a automatic lock, at least for me, that he will be a top five fantasy receiver, at least in, in PPR. You then take those, say you take 15 of those targets, you give it to Pitts, 15 of those targets, you give it to Hurst, and then you take 10 of those targets and you like sprinkle it out. Say Mike Davis gets a little bit of that. Say Russell Gage gets some of that. You know, whomever whomever they would have now come in as the number two receiver for, for this offense, they would get those leftover targets. So, I mean, that that is humongous news. And then, you know, we'll have to see when uh, Julio Jones is, in fact, traded, A, where he goes, and B, what does, what's the fantasy impact of that? I mean, to me, this just screams New England. This, this has New England just written all over it. I, I hate that. Also, I watched the video. Is that illegal? Is that legal, what, Sh- what Shannon Sharp did? I thought he was being interviewed. That You made it sound like he was being interviewed. Shannon Sharp just called Julio Jones, and Julio Jones said, I'm out of there. I mean. Oh, that's that's another massive problem. Yeah, so so Shannon Sharp basically called Julio Jones live on television, and Julio Jones is like, "I'm out of here." Oh, well, that's a shocking development. So I mean, that is like that could be really bad for for Fox. Yeah, yeah. Now. It's one thing if Shannon Sharp had said to Julio that he's live on TV. That's one thing. Is there any evidence that he did such a thing? Hold that thought. <laughs> I'm going to check the tapes for a second. Yeah, I mean, Can you I vamp just for look, a vamp for a sec. Yes, I, I will continue to go on and on. So everyone will say now, what does this do to Matt Ryan? Now that Matt Ryan probably won't have Julio Jones in, in tow. I still like Matt Ryan. I still, I still like him as a top, as a top 15 option. Yeah. He'll take a bit of a bump because there won't be those two dynamic outside receivers that he had with Julio and Ridley. He'll now just have Ridley, but you still have to have to understand too, that, that, that there's Kyle Pitts going into this offense. This offense does stand a chance to be a little bit better in 2021 and I just think overall Matt Ryan is going to be one of the most like I like I said before and I'll say it again he is definitely one of the most steady options in fantasy football at the position and if you could tell me that Matt Ryan may not have the you know may not have the yards that he once had but you could still tell me he'll be an efficient enough offense but he'll get you you know, 30 something touchdowns where you're taking him in the late rounds. I mean, that that's, that's just, that's just great. Quite frankly, Adam, do we have a, uh, do we have an answer? 
This is the most scumbaggiest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, I guess we have the answer. So, so they call, <laughs> God, I hate this so much. So, so Shannon calls and the phone's ringing. Skip, Skip Bayless is like, I hope he has the guts to pick up. And I'm like, what a dick for even saying that. So, so Shannon Sharp was like, Hey, how's it going? It's your favorite uncle. Are you coming to the Cowboys? Or are you, are you staying out of Atlanta? And he's like, nah, man, I'm out of there. He's like, where do you want to go? Where's your ideal landing spot? You know, I want to win. And yeah. So that, that's a bad look. I watched like the first 30 seconds of it, basically. And if that's you're it. not telling Julio Jones in the first 30 seconds before your question, hey, Julio, I'm on TV. Yeah, that's a bad look. That's a very bad look. Now, now you never know. If it comes out that Julio knows what time it is, knows that Undisputed is on, and knows that he said what he said just to facilitate a move, that's one thing. That's 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 something com- completely different. If he used Undisputed as a prop to facilitate a move, then that's something entirely different. That's another conversation that we'll have to have another day. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's all sorts of fucked. I mean, if they're fr- I guess if they're friends, Julio probably knows that Shannon Sharp is probably going to be on TV at this time of day. Yeah. Still, yeah. I don't, know. I, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. Well, here's this. the other thing. Yes. Julio can know if Shannon Sharp is on TV, but he doesn't know if they're in a, if they're in a commercial break or if Fair. he's just like, oh, I'm, I'm having lunch. Let's chat. Let's chat with my friend Julio. Yeah, there are a bunch of consent laws that were uh, that were broken there. I feel well. They're in California. California is pretty heavy on very the on recording without the other party the other party's consent. Correct. Very now, heavy made, on that. I made the reference before. You did. Uh, I didn't know that this is going to come up, but um, so breaking the fourth wall production elements. Um, we use Zoom to record this podcast. No free advertising, but uh, when you record it now, this is the first time this happened. It, it asks you, it says a pop-up happens where it's, you're being recorded. Do you consent to being recorded? And you have an option to stop the recording or continue. So, I mean, this is pretty serious stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you have, you have Atlanta. That's just, that's just right at this moment in time, they are scrambling. If I am Arthur Blank, I am lawyering the fuck up. I am calling Julio Jones. I mean, if I, even if I'm Julio Jones, I'm just like, what the fuck is this? What did this I just is... do? Yeah. Well, or maybe he did know what he was doing. That's true. There's always that side of the coin that he knew what he was doing. So, I mean, we'll have to uh, we'll have to uh, to wait and see. Um, There's right. no trade drama like public trade drama. That is true. That is true. So we were, we were talking about Clyde and uh, and Dobbins. Yeah. So back, getting back to the uh, to the running backs. So do we have to? <laughs> I mean, with with this, I mean that's just seismic. But you know, with with J.K. Dobbins, I think the, the the one thing that a lot of people love about him is you know that he's in an offense that's going to run like run the football. Like I said before. J.K. Dobbins basically was in an offense where Ravens running backs averaged at least one, averaged about 14 PPR points per game over a seven over a 17 week stretch last year. So 16 games, 
you had a Ravens running back averaging about 14 fantasy points per game. That's terrific. That is an absolutely unbelievable floor. And if you can tell me that, that is the floor this coming season for J.K. Dobbins, that's terrific. Now, you know that there's the committee that Baltimore likes to run. That's the downside of it. You know, you don't know if you're going to be on the on the, the bad side of of uh, John Harbaugh wanting to go for uh, for a little Gus Edwards two touchdown day or, or anything like that. But well, that's the interesting thing about this about these two guys is that they're both are like inches away from being in committees. If not, they're already in committees. Oh, I think I think they they both are, but I think there's more of a clear cut avenue for J.K. Dobbins while while there is something to be said about Clyde where they just took him in the first round. If Kansas city is so willingly to is so willing to give up on Clyde Edwards, Alaire after one bad year, that says a lot about how they think of him as a player. It, it, it really does. So I would say, you know, if you're taking Clyde at the three, eight, you know, that's a little rich for my blood. I like that spot for JK Dobbins, but I think if you were to say to, Clyde, you know, if you're putting him in the middle of the fourth round, I think that's okay. I think for me personally, like I said at the top of this segment, which was like an hour ago, quite frankly, that Clyde is either the last guy of the you know what you're going to get running backs or the you don't know what you're going to get running backs, the first guy. I think he's the first guy of the you don't know what you're going to get running backs personally. Whereas Dobbins is one of the last guys of the, you know what you're going to get running backs. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think you kind of know what you're going to get with JK Dobbins. I mean, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, I don't know. It's for me, I'm not going to say my opinion is completely objective because that's the exact opposite of what opinions are, but the first game of his first game has always been ingrained in my head of him getting four chances to score from the one and he didn't do it. Yep. I'm sure he's improved, but I just don't know how much Andy Reid trusts him. He only scored four touchdowns, five. If you want to count receiving touchdowns. Yeah. And Andy Reid thought it was pertinent to bring in Le'Veon Bell also. Also true. So that says a lot. I mean, he didn't hit 1,000 yards unless you want to count receiving yards. In that case, he hit 1,000 yards on the dot. Yeah, he hit all – really, he was 1,000 on the dot. On the dot. 803 wow. rushing yards and 297 receiving. Wow. Okay. Oh, no, wait. I'm kidding. Wait, I'm, I'm dumb. That's not math. 1,100. 1100 on the 1100 on the dot. That's still, that's still not awful in terms of all purpose yards in year one. That's not too bad for five. Well, you, yeah, but everyone, everyone remembers, like you said, Adam, him getting stopped four times by the Texans week one. That's what everyone remembers. And that's the Texans also, right? The Texans that were terrible. Those Texans started 0 and 4 and fired Bill O'Brien and did not recover. Yeah. And they won't recover. And they will never, they will never recover. Yeah. The Memphis Texans get ready. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, JK, JK Dobbins for me is the guy that I would rather have out out of, out of those two. Yeah, definitely. Um, Let's do something. I think we did this last time with quarterbacks. Let's do something more. That's more at the top. 
Would you rather have Austin Eckler or Nick Chubb? Oh. Oh, that's a great one. I could have gone in multiple directions with that. What's funny is I've had this this exact conversation before. This same exact conversation. And this requires two rankings to be addressed. Non-PPR, I'd rather have Chubb. PPR, I'd rather have Eckler. They are back-to-back for me in PPR. Chubb is two spots higher for me in non-PPR than Eckler. In non-PPR, it's a lot more drastic. In non-PPR, Nick Chubb is 7, Austin Eckler is 14. Mm -hmm. In PPR, Eckler is 8. Chubb is 10. Right. That's almost exactly how I have it. I have, I have Eckler at 8, and I have Chubb at 9 in PPR. Yeah. So, or excuse I me, mean, did, I say, did I say Chubb at 8, Eckler at 9? Or I Eckler at 8, Chubb at 9. I don't know what I said. If said I said Eckler. it right the first time, I just want to reemphasize it because I think I may have said the opposite. So I just wanted to make sure. Eckler at 8, Chubb at 9. Okay. I mean, I could have gone in multiple directions. I was actually going to say before, I was going to say Eckler or Zeke because Zeke is six. But I think that Eckler Chubb is a pretty solid debate because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm down on Zeke. I'm down on Zeke. I have Zeke at 10. Okay. In PPR with, of course, Jonathan Taylor and Cam Akers. But the real debate. The, I ended up making the right choice on a whim, which is Eckler versus Chubb because, you oh, did. my God. It's a hell of a debate. It, it's it's a hell of a debate. I mean, I look at Eckler and I just see, you know, everyone says poor man's Christian McCaffrey. And, and, and yeah, you know, you can make that – you could make that case. But, I mean, the guy is really, really good. He's in an offense that, at least in, in my own opinion, is just as – willing and able to move the ball like Cleveland is in terms of their offense. I actually think just individually on a talent level, I think Los Angeles may have a better, may have better top end talent than Cleveland does. Of course, they have the better quarterback as well with Justin Herbert over Baker Mayfield. So that obviously helps, but you look at the Cleveland situation and Cleveland is a run first offense. Kevin Stefanski wants to run the ball. He wants to use these running backs to set up the pass and he's going to run the ball as much as he possibly can in order to set up the play action pass. That'll be launched downfield with Baker Mayfield. So, you know, it's, it's a, you could either, you could take either side for this. I just rather would rather have the guy that I know is going to be the stone cold locked and loaded pass catching back in an offense versus the guy that, you know, you're really relying on rushing numbers and rushing numbers alone, but Nick Chubb is, is is one of the best volume plays you're going to get outside of maybe Derrick Henry. You know, you know he's getting the ball. You, I mean, granted, Kareem Hunt is going to be there. He'll be annoying. But if Chubb is healthy, Chubb is still going to be a, a, a fucking machine, regardless yeah. of Kareem Hunt being there, which is even which is even more crazy. Because most committees, you yeah. say to yourself, oh, I want to stay out of that because, you know, you have two guys that are really, really good. But – Chubb gets his, Hunt gets his, and everybody's happy at the end of the day. Well, that's the thing, is that you have to worry about that. It's the two H's, Hunt and health. 
Yeah. I mean, you have, and you have to worry about health for Eckler too. I mean, Eckler missed a lot of considerable time last year. Mm-hmm. As a lot of running backs did. As a lot as a lot of them did. Right. And I mean, it seems like uh, Eckler is not as durable. I don't know. He he missed six games last year. Um, he missed two games two years ago and then played 16 games in 2019 and 16 games in 2017. But I feel like I'd rather have, I don't know. It's, it is so, so tough. He, the Russian touchdowns aren't really there. I just feel like for Eckler, he's very good, but he might've hit his, he might've hit his ceiling already. He might've hit a, a ceiling in 2019, I mean, he had 557 yards on the ground, two rushing touchdowns, or three rushing touchdowns. And then he had not almost 1,000 yards receiving and eight receiving touchdowns. I mean, that season is unbelievable for, for somebody like that. And he hasn't had a season like that in his career. I mean, he's had the, the, the rushing yards have been there, but... Um, in 2017, played 16 games, only had uh, 279 receiving yards and three touchdowns. 2018, he played 14 games, but he had 404 receiving yards and three touchdowns. And then he exploded for what might end up being a career year for him, where he had almost a thousand. He was seven yards away from having a thousand receiving yards. I mean, for a running back, that's crazy. Yeah. No, not it really is. Now let me ask you this. Yeah. So are you in the camp that if if you draft Nick Chubb, you have got to draft Kareem Hunt? Are you in that camp? Yeah. I think okay. yeah. All right. I mean, it's it's doable. All right, so let me ask you this now. If I told you Kareem Hunt is being drafted in the fifth round right now, are you still drafting Kareem Hunt with Nick Chubb? So you take Chubb, and Kareem Hunt is there in the fifth round at the top of the queue. Are you taking him just to be a handcuff? Well, I think maybe you're selling it a bit too short. I think I don't think Nick, I don't think Kareem Hunt is just a, a handcuff. We we've said that both Chubb and Hunt have standalone value. Mm-hmm. They do, and I think that you can have them both by themselves. So I think that if he's there, it's it's worth it to take him in the fifth round. I mean, at that point, you're, you have at least like the, the core of your team in the fifth round, you can take a, you can take another running back there. Kareem Hunt might end up being your third running back or your second running back. I mean, if he's your second running back or your third running back, if he's your third running back, then yeah, totally. I mean, if you go running back, running back, with your first two picks and then you go receiver receiver and then and then Kareem Hunt is your third running back. I mean, that's not that's not bad. I'd take that. I just think it's it's so rich. It's so rich. And I I understand that that Hunt is different, but I don't know. I I just think that the the price there is just so heavy. For fifth round. Fifth round. I mean, ugh. Whereas you know, you draft Eckler, you could just take Justin Jackson in like the 14th or 15th round. Yeah, but Justin Jackson 
doesn't have standalone value unless Austin Eckler gets hurt. Understood. Understood. But, you know, or do you really want to put yourself in a position where you're restarting Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt potentially every week? You want to play that game? I mean... It's not, a dangerous game to play. It is a dangerous game to play, but I think that it's nice to have the safety net. Because sure. if, if one of them is hurt or something happens unforeseen, then you have a good situation. You have a guy that could put up yards for you and points. It's fair you know, enough. Games that Nick Chubb wasn't wasn't available. Um, listen, Kareem Hunt had games where he had he had like two twenty point games. He had a nineteen point game, fifteen points, sixteen points. Um, I just think that it just makes sense to have that kind of handcuff. And even then, even when they were both healthy, you know, he still got something. You still got something out of him in the high single digits, more or less. True. I don't know. Like you said, like we said, it's a a really tough decision. It's it's a a super tough tough decision. decision. And you gotta you gotta weigh a lot of things. You gotta weigh your team's construction at the moment that you drafted, that you're drafting. You know, you have to weigh your philosophy, your scoring format. Yep. Um a lot of things. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. For me personally, I just I just wouldn't take the risk in round five. It. That when there are when there are better options there. I mean, I'll just pull up fantasy football calculator before we do we have a next one? Or is this um, the last one? I could come up with the next one. Beautiful. Like. Come up with come up with the next one. We only we only did three because we were interrupted by the Julio. So we'll have one more quick one. Um, so if we look at the fifth round right now, and we look at guys that are there, say you have you have Chubb, right? In the fifth round, just basing it off of ADP. Here's the guys that we have. If you're gonna take Hunt, you're gonna take Hunt over Kyler Murray, Chris Godwin, CeeDee Lamb, Robert Woods, Adam Thielen, Raheem Mostert. Mark Andrews, Miles Gaskin, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Kenny Galladay, Deontay Johnson, Justin Herbert, Rogers, Lockett, Ayuk. Those are some big names that are there in round five mm. that you're taking a handcuff over. A handcuff. No, sorry. No, thank you. I understand. I understand. I mean, oh, God. Adam Gaster, that is what we would say. Hideous. That is, that is absolutely hideous. Yeah, it's... It's, it's a, like I said, tough decision. I, I probably wouldn't be happy about it. I think... Jesus. It's so, I mean, Oi Gavalt. It, it, it's a tough choice. Oi Gavalt is a way to put it. Oi Gavalt. All right, what's the, uh, what's the last one? The last one is two players that do basically the same thing, but um, we will see what their usage is in their new offenses. One is coming back from a major injury, a major, major injury. And it is, this is on the lower end, 
You know, we went all the way at the top. We're going all the way to the bottom. Naeem Hines is ranked 38 in Fantasy Pros. And Tariq Cohen is ranked 39. Fuck. Do I have to pick one? Yes. <sighs> Somebody's going to want to do something with this, with these players. I have Hines at 42. I have Cohen at 44. So I'd rather have Hines. I'd rather have Hines. I think that they want to continue to use Hines in a pass-catching role. I just think what they have in Chicago right now is just one big mess. You have Damian Williams, Tariq Cohen there, David Montgomery. I mean, it's 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 a fucking disaster. It's just like a, it's a conundrum of just running backs. And for, for me, I think I'd rather have the – I don't want to say clearer cut situation because I don't think anybody would call what they have in, in Indianapolis, you know, super clear cut after Jonathan Taylor. But I think after, not even after David Montgomery, I think including David Montgomery, I think what they have in Chicago is a fucking mess. And I think this is going to be one committee after the other in Chicago, whereas in Indianapolis, I'm not really convinced quite frankly that they're going to want to cut into Jonathan Taylor's workload. I mean, we saw what Jonathan Taylor was at the end of the year last year. Jonathan Taylor was absolutely terrific at the end of the year last year. He was one of the best running backs in fantasy to end the year last year. David Montgomery was as well, but it says something when Chicago is still bringing in other running backs to compete with David Montgomery or what they will say, support David Montgomery. Whereas Indianapolis, what do you think they were going to say? Oh, we're going to bring in somebody to take David Montgomery's job after the season that he had. (laughs) Right. Right. Whereas with Jonathan Taylor, Indianapolis didn't bring in anybody. If anything, Indianapolis brought in a better quarterback to support Jonathan Taylor. Well, really what they did is they lost somebody. They, Marlon Mack, they let him walk in free agency. No, is, uh, Marlon Mack is back, I believe. Oh, he's back? Yeah, okay. he's back. Yeah, Marlon Mack, Marlon Mack is still there. Well, he's, I mean, also he's recovering from a torn Achilles. Yes. So Correct. that, I mean, he was the definition of Wally Pipped. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's that was the, the, the argument that we had last year as to why you should not draft Jonathan Taylor. It was Marlon Mack. They wanted to use Marlon Mack early on just to just to help you know the rookie acclimate into the National Football League, and Marlon Mack went down week one, and you know and that was that. So, you know Jonathan Taylor and Jonathan Taylor managers last year they just got lucky, quite frankly. I mean I, I hate to be that blunt. They just got they got lucky. They got really really lucky, and you know now Jonathan Taylor. I mean like I said before, he's a top six running back for me. I love him to death. And, you know, you're going to keep drafting him in the top 10 of potentially drafts overall. I think you could make a very good case for him to be a first-round pick in your uh, in your drafts. Whereas with David Montgomery, I have David Montgomery as a top 16 option. I have him just just as like a mid-third-round pick. He, he's in that group of guys that you know what you're going to get. But at the same time, there is some cause for concern. So I have something with... Julio Jones that Adam Schefter just tweeted. I don't know if you saw it. I did not. He said Atlanta has asked teams that have inquired about Julio Jones for a first round pick in return per sources. Others around the league don't believe the Falcons ultimately will get a first for the perennial pro bowl wide receiver. Absolutely not. They're not getting a first round pick. No way. Not a chance. Yep. 
They're they're lucky if they get a second. Well, that is what a lot of teams have said. Also, they're like they're they they think they're going to get a second. Atlanta needs to clear cap space. Nobody is going. Nobody is going to cave to what they want when Atlanta has to make a deal. They have to. They have to sign their rookie class. And if they don't, then you know these rookies don't get paid. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, mean, I don't know. I don't know what you know what Atlanta is 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 having to think about when they, they they're going around thinking they're going to get a first round pick for Julio. I mean, ugh, I mean, maybe two years ago, two three years ago, you can get a couple first round picks for Julio. I mean, maybe you get two second round picks, like. The Houston Texans said for DeAndre Hopkins. They've been through enough. Yeah, yeah. I had to throw that in there. Throw it in there. I apologize. I apologize to the Texans people. Great people. They're literally living their season. They're living the pain of a franchise in fast forward. I really think that Houston Texans fans just want to see Julio Jones traded for a second round pick. Just so there's some vindication. Because if Julio Jones does go for a first round pick, I think Houston Texans fans might actually explode. I mean, the Texans, the crazy thing about the Texans, I'll say this before we go off, uh, get off, sign off. I'll say this before we sign off. Um, the Texans haven't been, even been around for 20 years. Their 20-year anniversary is next year. Christ, what a tumultuous 20 years. They have been through all of this in 20 years, not even 20 years. God, within the twenty within twenty years of existing, both of our franchises have a, have won, won at least one Super Bowl, and have been to multiple conference championship or league championship, depending on how old, whatever True. league championships or conference championships. True. If the Raiders hadn't tried to murder Joe Namath, the Jets probably would have made it to Super Bowl four. But whatever, or the Chief, or if the Chiefs hadn't tried to murder Joe Namath, then maybe. <laughs> Uh, the Jets have made, would have made it to Super Bowl four, but whatever. You don't hold any grudges. No. But, I mean, the Raiders tried to murder Joe Namath too, so it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's all. Is fine. it fine? No, it's not fine. Joe Namath doesn't have any working knees. It's not fine. It's all fine. But yeah, it, it's crazy. It's this whole situation. I I just don't know. Hey, we'll have more information on Julio Jones hopefully on Wednesday. Uh, yeah, I mean, you have a situation. Well, if Julio Jones gets traded before Wednesday, we'll have to do a uh, an emergency podcast, a State of the Union. So apparently, this is from your boy, Rap Sheet. Oh, what a guy, Ian. Love him. Great guy. He said, this is Friend of the uh, podcast. seven minutes ago, or eight minutes ago now. Um, he said that Clarity on the situation between the Falcons and Julio Jones. The All-Pro requested a trade from the organization a few months ago, sources say, and the team then agreed to listen to offers. That's how it began and why it continues. Okay. He has played, Julio Jones has played 10 years through the organization, a multi-time pro bowler and All-Pro. When he approached the team with his request, they treated him with the respect he deserves and agreed to be open to it. That led to a flurry of calls before the draft. Okay. All right. So there you go. So he'll most likely be dealt at some point. What a crazy, crazy day. 
New England. No, please. No, please. Please. What if Julio gets dealt when Mercury is in retrograde? Julio Jones to the Jets. That would be something. Julio Jones and Corey Davis. Julio Jones and Corey Davis. So a great connection. Throwing Jameson Crowder. Julio Julio Jones, James. I mean Julio Jones for Jameson Crowder in a second round pick. Who says no? Art of the deal. Can you imagine? Art of the deal. If that trade goes through, everyone's just like, "What the fuck?" Well, we they would be late to the party of what the fuck? Why are you trading your star receivers for less than they are worth? The Houston Texans established that fan club. Yes. But anywho, bad year for the 2011 draft class. Yep. Say that again. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basin Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of everything under the Basin Talk Podcast umbrella on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud, and wherever you get your podcasts. Wednesday, we'll be going into wide receivers. How fitting. We're going to be going into wide receivers and talking about Julio Jones. Probably. Potentially, we're going to be getting getting some more clarity on the situation. One would hope. You're not going to let a story like this sit for two days. Definitely not. So for my co-host, Ed Birdsell, I am Adam Castor, and we will talk to you next time on the Basement Talk Podcast Thanks Show. Bye-bye. Uh,